Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Windows Weekly is provided by Cashfly at C A C H E F L Y dot com. This is Windows Weekly with Paul Thorod and Mary Jo Foley, episode 217, recorded July 14th, 2011. A baby named Bing. Windows Weekly is brought to you by GoToAssist Express. Providing tech support in person is expensive and time-consuming, so save time and money and look like a hero to clients and colleagues with GoToAssist Express. For a free 30-day trial, visit gotoassist.com slash windows. And by Carbonite. Backing up the files on your PC or Mac is safe and easy with Carbonite. For a free trial plus two free months with purchase, go to Carbonite.com. Offer code Windows. And by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies on your PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or TV instantly. All streamed directly to you, saving you time, money, and hassle. For your free 30-day trial, visit Netflix.com slash twit. It's time for Windows Weekly, the show that covers your Microsoft needs, fulfills them, some might say, over-fulfills, others might say, Thank you. deeply satisfies, some might say. And there he is, the man <laughs> in charge of your satisfaction this morning, Mr. Paul Thorat of the Supersite for Windows, windsupersite.com, news editor for Windows IT Pro, uh, long-time Celtics fan, <laughs> and... <laughs> And lest we forget the author of many fine books, including the Delphi's Three Super Bible oh, and no. Windows Phone Secrets. Here he is, Paul Thorat. Trying to fix my video, which looks terrible. No, it looks good. You look good. Doesn't you are not in your normal uh, base uh, of operations there. That's for sure. Looks like you're in the kids' room, to be honest. I am in Washington, D.C. Oh. Are you meeting with Congress? I heard that the uh, Worldwide Partner Conference was here last year, so this is where I came. <laughs> Turns out it's and a surprise. Not the same location. Uh, he's done it once again, Paul Thorat, the man of mystery. <laughs> but mostly the mystery is where the hell mostly. am I? That's <laughs> right, right, right. There's where the hell am I? And you know what? Yeah. Because Paul seems to be losing it, we've brought in uh, reinforcements. Mary Jo Foley also here from AllAboutMicrosoft.com, the fabulous ZDNet blog, a Microsoft watcher, observer, and expert, and uh, always glad to have Mary Jo uh, join us on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And Mary Jo is in Los Angeles for the Worldwide Partner Conference. <laughs> At least one of us is here. You, so, well, you didn't really get confused, did you? No, no. I'm visiting friends. <laughs> oh, good. That was just a bit of trivia. It was here last year, I yeah, think. Yeah. So you eschewed it this year for friendship. Yes. And was he correct to do so, Mary Jo Foley? No. He missed seeing something very interesting. Aha! Uh-huh. Which we're going to talk about later. All right. Well, let's... Damn you! <laughs> <laughs> no, she's got the scoop. She's got the scoop. But uh, I think we will start with something that actually Mary Jo uh, proposed. Mm-hmm. And it's a story uh, that even the chat room is all hot and bothered about from thisismynext.com. Uh, that's the, uh, the the site that the former Engadget editors, uh, Nilay Patel, uh, Joshua Topolsky, and others started to... Apparently they've got something coming soon. Uh <laughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Microsoft says 
It will have a, quote, single ecosystem for PC, end quote, for PCs, tablets, phones, and TVs, and is Windows dead? Mary Jo, is that just a uh, an attention-grabbing headline, or do you think there is something to be said for Windows being dead? Well, uh, when you read their story, what it re- what they're really saying is the Windows brand dead, not Windows. Yeah. The um, word Windows and, as a brand. Right. The word. So they, they're saying they've heard from one of their contacts that um, by like 2014 or 2015, Microsoft is considering doing away with the Windows brand. Hmm. That may not be so far-fetched since there aren't Windows. Uh, you know, the, one of the things about Windows 8 is it's kind of getting away from the windowed interface, isn't it? Unless I guess you call it tiled is. Windows um, Windows. Right. But if you if you think about Microsoft, what's their most recognizable and kind of money-making brand? It's Windows. Yeah. Yep. Are they going to just dump that and suddenly have some clever name like, I don't know what, Zoom? You're- <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> I, uh, I, I agree brand. with the, I, I agree with the consolidation bit of it, but I, I don't think the Windows brand is going anywhere. So why would they say this? According, well, they say, they're uh, saying they're, for a good headline. That <laughs> they're, they're quoting Andy Lee's right at the Worldwide Partners Conference, which mm-hmm. is where you are, Mary Jo. And they say Andy yes. said that Redwin, Redmond would eventually have a single ecosystem, as we mentioned. Yep. And uh, we won't have a ecosystem for PCs separate from that f- for phones or tablets. They'll all come together. Microsoft wants to provide coherence and consistency across different devices, particularly with Xbox. Well, it kind of looks that way with Windows 8. There's kind of a consistent UI. Right. You know, yeah, it's I, funny. I it, it's go ahead. They don't quote. They don't quote Lee's as saying they're thinking of ditching the brand. Uh, exactly. Now. And no. I, there will be a, a single system. It's going to be called Windows. Right. You know? Not Zune, uh, not Xbox, but Windows. Windows on Xbox? Windows on phone? I guess so. Our yeah. sources also tell us. Now, another source we don't know. Mm-hmm. That Microsoft is seriously considering ditching the Windows brand name in favor of something new when all this goes down. Yeah, name me the last new brand that Microsoft made that took off in any appreciable way. Well, Xbox. Connect. Okay, that that Connect. was 2001. That's a good brand. No, Mary Jo's got one. Connect. What? Connect. Well, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I don't know if Connect still, is a brand. We're still talking single-digit million units, right? I, I mean, yeah, I don't think you could walk down the street and say, what is Connect? And that the majority of people would know that it's a Microsoft product for Xbox. I think Xbox, they'd know. Windows, they'd for sure know. Yeah. You know, Microsoft uh, has reorganized and rebranded their online services so many times I've lost track of it. But, you know, MSN was in there and Windows Live and Office Live. And, uh, you know, we have Bing now. And, and uh, you know, it's hard making brands that stick. This is a bl- typical blog post. I know, I'm not going to diss these guys because they're good, but this is the kind of thing you say when it's – they say it's on the table. Well, that's probably not a lie. It probably is on the table. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul Therat as a name is probably on the table. Uh, oh, God, please pick Paul Therat. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, you know, in a, in a, in a company, uh, when you get together and brainstorm, kind of almost anything can be on the table. doesn't mean it's in serious consideration. Right. I mean, so this doesn't need to be a false story to be a unlikely No, I mean, scenario. I think the bigger story is what he says. I, I find Lee's comment to be very interesting because it, it backs up something that we talked about some months ago when 
we had discovered inside of Windows 8, uh, this thing that looked a lot like Windows Phone, right? And the notion of these AppX packages and uh, and the evolution of Windows application and the application platform and all that. So that certainly bears that out. Um, it makes sense in that context. And then, right. And then there's also the whole, you know, now Windows can run on ARM. So is Microsoft heading towards a phone release that actually is Windows underneath? So that I plays into that as so. well. Yep. There's one of the things we have somewhere in the show notes for today is a rumor that Microsoft is going to allow Windows 8 to run Xbox games. I have no Ooh. idea uh, whether that's true or not, but that also speaks to this future. Well, I could it's see not so it, much it a could... call it consolidation. Uh, what do you call it? Like a, a merging or a melding. There's you know? one thing you could do, which is run XNA games. Already does really, so that's not a big deal. But to run games designed for a power PC processor, how hard would that be? Well, I'm wondering if we aren't. F- so I, I would say technologically, it's probably feasible. Uh, I guess the big question is whether it makes any sense. And I, right. there's a logical part of me that says it doesn't make any sense. But I, I, I don't have any information one way or the other. I'm not sure if this rumor has been refuted yet. But it is the type of thing you hear and you think, well, yeah, okay. I mean, I could see that. Throw an Xbox controller on a Windows uh, PC that's powerful enough and um, open up that world to Windows gamers. But then it's you have possible. to get a controller because most of these games are designed not well, no, to of use course, the keyboard of and mouse. I don't know that's, if that's, that's a big that's market. Fine. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. Can you use the same disc? It's just a DVD. Okay. Um, so you could. I, I, you know, there are newer games coming that are where they've changed the format, uh, but it is just a DVD, so it should be theoretically possible for Windows to be updated with software that would allow DVD drives to read those formats. So I would, I would say sure. Okay. Wow, we're really excited now. <laughs> <laughs> this is exciting. Leo, video games are fun. This is so much fun. Sounds like the Henry Kissinger show. <laughs> Let's talk with Mary Jo about the Worldwide Partner Conference. How did that See, go? it sounds more boring than it is, but actually, <laughs> right? You know, no, but the thing that's, that's what interesting we strive to do program. here at the Twit Network: take an exciting, vibrant subject and make it sound <laughs> more just, boring than it actually we'll is. Kill it, kill it, just kill it dead. <laughs> well, no, the, uh, the notion of a partner conference sounds awful, you know. But if you actually it does, doesn't it? attention over the past several years, I mean, every year at the partner conference, there's actually at least one pretty amazing revelation. And I would have to say this year didn't disappoint in that vein. In fact, you know, you can just look at that list of stuff. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff happening, so. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, Let's talk about it one by one, starting with Windows 7. I guess it's doing okay. Good. Let's talk about something else. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. 100 100 million licenses in 20 months. Uh, as we've said before, it's kind of hard for to imagine it not doing well. Actually, did I? I think I might have written that number wrong. It seems, that sounds low, actually. What it's, is four, it? it's 400, isn't 400 it? 400 would be right. 400, 400 would be better. Million. I was going to say, you know, that's kind of depressing, considering there's 150 million minimum PCs in the world. Yeah, <laughs> minimum. <clears throat> so, how many, so PC, how many PCs are there in the world? 400 million. How many PCs? Yeah. I'd say 1.1, 1.2 billion. billion somewhere no! Wow. So they got a third of them. Yeah, in less than two years. To upgrade. That's pretty darn good. 
I think that, and I'm not obviously not a math whiz. I couldn't even write 400 properly, but I I believe that the run rate for Windows 7 has been pretty consistent. Uh, because last October they had released a figure that was what, like 250 or 240 or whatever it was, and it worked out to be 20 million copies a month. And I, I think they've maintained that pace. I think is how this works out, if I'm not mistaken. 160 since then, eight months. You know, 20 million each is 160. Right. So it's been consistent. You know, I think typically with Windows, you would see a big bump in the beginning, and then, you know, it sort of slows down over time, I guess. Mm-hmm. But this one seems fairly consistent. Okay, page two. <laughs> Windows, let's see, we just did Windows 7. How about Windows 8? Yes. So this was the thing Paul missed by being in the wrong secret location. Oh, is this the good thing? This is the good good thing. Thank God. So they dropped a little hint on day two. They said, guess what? We've got Windows Server 8 here. And we're going to show it to you. And so we waited through the whole keynote. They didn't show it. And at the end, they said, okay, follow us to this room and we're going to show it. And they did a demo. And the last like five seconds of the demo was Windows Server 8. And what did you uh, see? It was a real build running on a 16 processor server. Um, They wouldn't let us see it. So we don't know what milestone number or whatever. Uh, But it had a new uh, bit about hypervisor in it. There's this new feature called Hyper-V Replicate that's in windows server 8 and they showed that running its through its paces and talked about how they're going to offer uh unlimited replication of workloads so you could say take you know something running on your server and replicate it out into unlimited number of vms and other places and they showed that very briefly and that was all they would say they wouldn't answer any other questions about it more at build we heard that a lot you know this week didn't we Yes, build. We did. build was always everything is going to be built. Everything's happening at build. Right. Yeah. Which is going to but be. It was there. It was there, and it was working, and it's mm-hmm. real, and that was a good thing to hear and see because there have been various rumors saying Windows Server isn't as far along as Windows Client, and maybe it would hold it back. And right. I think this showed they they are pretty far along too, just like Windows Client is. I think it's safe to say that we're going to see a Windows Server 8 build at build, if you will, <laughs> and that yeah. uh, they're on the same path, I think. Yep, I think they are too. Yeah. Build, is a, build is a conference, right? Not You're not talking about the build of it. Right, we're talking okay. about build a conference. I was confused. So, so maybe in, I, in others September, might Microsoft feel that is same having way. a conference that is replacing PDC called okay. Build. For Windows uh-huh. 8. Okay, I thought they were saying server. more when we build it. We'll tell you no, more no, about this more product as soon it. as we actually make it. This is a PowerPoint it. presentation, but soon <laughs> we'll have... All right, more at the build conference. Got right, it, so now I got it, now I got yes. it. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. So build is re- re- replacing PDC. Right. Mm. And I'm told by the chat room, Leo, wake up. Build has been huge tech news for the past month. <laughs> it's a huge, it is a big deal because this is going to be the big revelation about Windows 8 and apparently Windows Server 8. I, and we, we sort of talked about this in the past, but if you think about the schedule for Windows 7, I think it's fair to say we're going to see a feature complete, whatever they call it, you know, pre-release build, a 
developer preview or a pre-beta or whatever uh, that they'll hand out to reviewers. And then, again, following the schedule. So this is, this is kind of expect- WinHack meets PDC. So this replaces both PDC yeah. and WinHack. Sure. Because it's for hardware and software developers. Well, and arguably it's replacing Mixed in some ways as well because it's also a lot of HTML, CSS, uh, JavaScript stuff oh, in Windows 8. Wow. It's, so uh, it's, a, it's a it's a programming bouillabaisse, <laughs> or you might say the first place to dive deep into the future of Windows. <laughs> you, one might say that <laughs> if one was a marketer. <laughs> so that's coming up in Anaheim uh, in September. We should. Uh, I think maybe lovely, I'll start to think we should do something from Bill. Lovely Anaheim. You you. I take it you two will both be there. Yes. We should yes. do a little something special. Something something down there. Okay. Yeah. September thirteenth to the sixteenth. Maybe we yeah. could do a little live uh, video podcast thing. Maybe we should do a, I don't know, a show, a special report, special report, build. So this is really is going to be where we see Windows eight from the point of view of here. You know, and, and by the way, they haven't they been kind of uh, rattling the cage, looking for people to, uh, I mean, to really get stepping up to this. This is this is their their bid to get this you developed. This yeah. is it. Yeah. This is it. Built. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you know, at the at the partner show this week, they didn't show anything new on client. They just re-showed the same video that they did with Julie Larson Green a couple months ago. But the one, <clears throat> excuse me, the one little thing that slipped out was Tammy Reller, who's one of the big wigs in Windows, said, "And you'll have bits to play with at Build." Right. Mm. Confirming what we already knew that confirming they would be, what we already knew. Right. Yeah. Is it a coincidence that build in German means image? <laughs> probably. Uh, <Yes>. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big it's one of the big German uh, newspapers is Bild. Oh, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, it's a picture picture newspaper for people who like pictures. Uh, Windows Intune 2 was also one of the topics of conversation at the WWPC. Do they call it the WWPC? No. No. <laughs> well, it's W. It's they used w. PC? Yeah, that's they used to call it that. Did they really? I wonder why yeah. they don't. <laughs> I'm going to call it that just to confuse everybody. What is Intune 2? This is, isn't that their like replacement for uh, the, 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 the whole tune-up thing that they used to do with... Um, oh, God, now I've forgotten the name of it. Because they replaced uh, Security I, I, Essentials I, I, had replaced... Right. It's no. It's more of a replace. Well, it's a cloud-based version of the some of the system center stuff. System so it's center, a okay. PC management that's decentralized. You know, the notion is that uh, in the past you would have a a company at a place that would would have a local network, and you would have a server on premises that would uh, manage those PCs, the security and the software updates, and you distribute software to them and so forth. And now, of course, a lot of people have companies or just organ- smaller organizations that are widely distributed around the world. No one ever gets together into the same room to do that kind of management, right, and you can right. do it over the Internet. So it's it's sort of a companion piece to Office 365 in some ways, if you want to think about it that way. But um, version 2 is in beta, and, and it's adding the crucial piece that was missing from version 1, which has been out for a few months now, which is software distribution. And uh, this Oh, is something- that's cool. Yeah, I've installed Wintune's uh, Wintune. Yeah, Windows Intune is free, the beta for now through t- whenever they release it. Um, 
and I've installed it on some of my PCs, and I, I've been traveling this week, so I haven't had a chance. But one of the things I'm looking forward to testing when I get home is this notion of remote software distribution. So you could create an installation package for Microsoft Office or whatever. Uh, load it. You actually load it to Windows Azure behind the scenes. Um, you don't have to know anything about that, but that's what's really happening. And then it gets uh, distributed out to the PCs, wherever they may be. And then once it's down there, it will get installed. And so I'm really curious to see how that works. It's, that's pretty cool functionality. And it's also not just Microsoft patches and distribution, but it's third-party too, right? right. Which is that, a really another, big Right. Thing. Another new feature, yeah, in, in version 2. That's right. Yep. Um, yeah, just in case you might <clears throat> think that this sounds like it's not exciting, the worldwide <laughs> partner conference, I just want to point out that nobody, no, a personage no less than Sir Richard Branson of Virgin right. was posted on, on Google Plus in case you missed it, the the WPC 2011 keynote. Uh, please, so, you have to read the URL. Like it's at H. It is at http colon slash slash digital wpc dot com slash video slash vision keynote video slash three slash Sir Richard Branson. So he spoke at this. Apparently, he did with John Roskill. I wouldn't know, Leo. I was at the wrong conference. <laughs> <laughs> he was at the Lincoln Memorial looking for something. I didn't see him. There was a guy with a beard. How was Sir Richard, Mary Jo, since you went? Yes, he was very entertaining. Why um, was he there? What is the theory behind that? Well, every year they have like a guest speaker to kind of mix things up. Like last year they had Bill Clinton speak at the partner conference. Wow. Yep. Does he say things like, I love Windows? Y'all should use Windows. I mean, what is there a connection? Do they, or is it just like here's a we we got a celebrity? It's like here's we we got a celebrity. We got a celebrity. So Richard Branson yeah. didn't say all my planes went on Windows. He did not say he that. Did not say that. <laughs> In fact, uh, when when uh, when the uh, in-flight entertainment system crashes on Virgin America, anyway, it's Linux. Nice. Yes. So I I, I don't suppose he said that. He Every time but it crashes, know, I think, why didn't I town? choose Windows? Who else was there? You know who else was in town last night, Leo, was um, Justin Bieber. We I saw, saw him outside the oh, partner But he wasn't there for uh, the WPC. He was there for the ESPYs. So there's a difference. That's right. But yeah. we thought he might have been a secret guest speaker. But oh, no. wouldn't that be cool? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I love Windows. You know, I got to say, the first two impersonations were pretty good. <laughs> I don't know what Justin Bieber said. <laughs> just fell like. apart right there. <laughs> he doesn't. He still. He has, his voice hasn't changed. Has it? He doesn't talk like this. He says, "Hi, I'm Justin Bieber, and um, Auto Tune runs best on Windows." Phrase. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what is MDOP 2011R2? Well, we shouldn't waste too much time on this, Leo. I know how you feel about these things. <laughs> this is another enterprise product. Yes. What is M? Is it MDOP? No, MDOP. Home glory. MDOP. It's the uh, Microsoft Desktop Optimization Pack, which is getting a revision uh, in this year's rendition. Three of the applications. Are you okay? <laughs> you look like you got one of those ice headaches. <laughs> Freezer head. Oh. Okay, go ahead. Um, I'll just mention one of them. because I'll I think just play is, with my iPad. You continue This on. is a reasonably decent one. Uh, one of the cool tools in this uh, suite is a is called Dart. Um, 
is now I'm forgetting the name of it. The it's basically a recovery disk, and there's a different version for XP and Vista and Seven, but it's a, a an awesome superset of what's available on the standard recovery disk stuff that you get in Vista and Seven, and it includes a lot of the system center or system. Um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my head here. The uh, system internal tools and all kinds of neat stuff. But one of the things that's uh, that Dart can do is you know bring a PC back that is non-booting. But of course, what you have to do is bring around a disk, so it's literally a sneaker net, a sneaker net type of thing. And in uh, Dart, the new version of Dart, I'm not sure what the version number is, uh, they're enabling you to do this remotely over a network. It, it won't work over the internet, but as long as it's on the local network, you can actually trigger uh, a remote reboot and recovery uh, experience on a, on a PC somewhere in your environment. So it's, it's kind of a cool little bit of functionality. And that's, that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> well, I'll add this. Yes. So uh, <laughs> MDOP is also uh, a perk of the software assurance program, Microsoft's volume licensing program. And if you have Windows Intune, you can get access to MDOP for $1 per, P- per PC per month as an additional feature. So you can actually get it through Intune as well. And uh, Windows Phone 7 news. <laughs> you know, are we done with MDOP? We are I done. wouldn't want to give it short shrift. Well, I don't know. Mary Jo might have something to say about MDOP. I... MDOP? No. I think you said everything that needed to be said. Well, Should don't forget. More? Wait a minute. I think you've forgotten AGPM. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So there's also a, an asset. <laughs> You're not going to uh... do it. He's not going to do it. They told me to ask you about AGPM. I don't know what it is. No, apparently not there's nothing. Road. nothing. Don't go down that road because there's nothing there. I'll just look up the acronym real quickly here. <laughs> oh, it's Advanced Group Policy Management, of course. Oh, that's not being updated, though. There's no 4.0? Uh, there's no... Uh, that's no not 5. one of the updates in R2. Okay, good. All right. Sorry. See? Then I asked, asked and answered, as they say. Uh, I was still... I would recently learned... I, I always sort of figured advanced group policy management actually made its way into server at some point. I'm actually surprised to discover. Or like was earlier it this year, surprised to discover it was still part of MDOP and not just part of the base server product. It seems like the type of thing that should just be in server. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think why they would... Uh, they would I mean, for whatever it's worth, I think MDOP should be broadly available to anyone that wants it. I just think they should. They could charge for it. You know, people would pay So for you them. have to be running server to use MDOP? You have to be part of Microsoft's volume licensing program or uh, uh, a Windows Intune subscriber. It. Yeah, it's a shame because I think these kind of tools could find their way. I mean, frankly, yeah. nowadays, anybody running a household is managing a network. Yeah. Well, if you're on a TechNet subscription or MSDN, you also have access to MDOP. I mean, it's not a – obviously, those are for testing purposes. But if you're just looking to have access to the software to try it out and see what it's all about, you can get it from a TechNet subscription or from MSDN. Right. See, we've said a lot about MDOP all of a sudden. No, in fact, I've, I've suddenly become fascinated. Well, Leo, let me tell you about two of the bigger <laughs> client-side virtualization solutions that are available in MDOP. <laughs> Paul, so you're, uh, even though you're in Washington, D.C., I think you're monitoring this closely for developments. Of course. Yes. Uh, then uh, Windows Phone 7, your number one topic, because, of course, you've got the book on it, although I think you're kind of starting to transition to Windows. Yeah, 8. actually, as the author of a Windows Phone 7 book, I can assure you that Steve Ballmer's comments about the market growing from very little to very little over the past year is accurate. <laughs> is that what uh, he said? I love yeah. it. Yes. That's kind I of, thought that was a good, good. moment, actually, because yeah. it was kind of a nice little deadpan humor, yeah, sense of dark humor. humor. Yeah. yeah. But it's, look, it's the way it is. It's obvious. I mean, we all know what the market share, roughly, what the market share is. So, I mean, might, might as well embrace it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mary Jo, did you watch the Andy Lee stuff? Did you, were you there for that? 
I was. Yep. So what do you think about the whole Windows phone thing? I mean, he talked about we're not doing it on tablets. Uh, a little bit about the fee. I mean, what, does this do you see any glimmer of hope yeah. here? Or? No, he he reiterated what we already know is the case, right? Microsoft's yeah. not letting the tablet makers or PC makers put the Windows Phone operating system on tablets. It's the exact opposite strategy of Apple, right? Right, right. Where Apple says iOS should be on phones and on iPads, and Microsoft says Windows Phone OS should be on phones and Windows should be on your slate or tablet. So, you know, it wasn't new that he said it, but it kind of got everybody riled up again. Like, why can't we have a phone Both. OS on our tablet? Well, it's also against the um, against the grain because um, Apple's doing a phone OS on their tablet. HP's mm-hmm. doing a phone OS on their tablet. Android, I guess there. I guess you could say you could make a case that Honeycomb isn't a phone OS. It's a tablet OS, but it's a lot closer uh, to it, that than it is a desktop OS. Yeah, it came from a phone OS. Right. I mean, it's that's the heritage. Right. Yeah, so his reason, his reasoning is everybody wants everything they have on their PC functionality-wise to be available on their tablet, Ooh, which boy. I We've gone there really before, kids. Yeah. This yes. is a, yeah, it's a this tough one. You know? We have been there before. I thought 10 years of experience would have been enough to convince them otherwise. Right? I, Microsoft is a, is a focus group-driven company, and I, I assure you that they polled people, and that's exactly what people told them. That's why but you I don't ask the, people about that stuff, because they won't tell Exactly, you. because I don't think people know what they want. They know. And sometimes you need to show them something different so they can say, oh, wait, this is what I want. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I am fearful of this kind of thing. I mean, we talked in the past about the Windows 8 start screen, and I think it's a successful stab at a UI that could work across different types of OSs and, and device types and all that stuff. But, yeah, you know, simpler is always better. I keep coming back to that. And... um Windows Phone is simpler, <laughs> you know. It's just, just, it's kind of a hard thing to escape, and I think it would work well. My very first reaction when I saw them uh, remotely uh, demonstrated for the first time, and when I got my hands on one of those devices for the first time, my reaction was always the same: this thing would be awesome on a tablet. Well, what do you think the thinking is? I mean, is it really focus group driven, or I mean, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Hmm. And also, I mean, Microsoft gets more per copy for Windows oh, license to OEM than. Yep. yep. Terrible reason. So that's the truth. You think it has. Oh, boy, I hope it's not that. I sure. think it's partially that. Oh, good. We make five bucks more per unit on something that's not going to sell, or we could make five bucks less on a unit on something that might actually sell. Or at least we'll be competitive in a marketplace where you have. Touch designed OSs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough one. Um, and, and, you Maybe know, they see it as a niche. Maybe they say, well, look, we're going to get, in effect, it's, a, it's almost a, I give up. Okay, look, iPad is going to dominate this. Maybe Android will have a shot at it. Maybe TouchPad yeah. will have a shot at it. But there's going to be a, a segment of the market, our segment of the market, that are desktop users that are going to want desktop functionality on these devices. And maybe that's not the <laughs> biggest segment, but it's our segment. I'm hoping that by the time that build conference has occurred, that Microsoft will have implicitly answered all the questions that I have running through my head about these types of things, you know. But it's hard to imagine that being the case in some ways because aside from a a small group of very important programs, you know, Office and and Photoshop and things like that, I, I think that a lot of what people do on Windows PCs today is not necessarily 
specific to Windows PCs anymore. You know, like it, say it was maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And we run a lot of web apps and so forth, and those things would work fine on any tablet OS. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm just a little nervous. But, you know, who knows? Obviously, there are better minds than mine that work at Microsoft on this stuff, and I'm, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I like what I've seen, but I've only seen a very small bit of it, you know. And every time they come out, it's just the way he sort of explicitly said it, like Mary Jo said, nothing new really in the in the news that we believe, as Microsoft believes, that Windows is for tablets and Windows OS, Windows Phone OS is not. Um, it's still a little disheartening every time they say it. You know, it's like the the final nail in the coffin or something. You know, the one group of people who likes this message, besides Microsoft employees, is yeah. um, people who want to use a tablet as a business tablet. Yeah, yep. right. So that's what I'm kind of saying of is that that's, that's Microsoft's natural audience anyway, so they're going to make a thing that's for them. And Acer but that, and those people and did not adopt the tablet PC in droves. No, they they've been did. trying to sell this for 10 years. I have one right in front of me, uh, yeah. the convertible tablet. Yep. But but maybe Microsoft. Well, I'm, I have to say it's almost a white flag saying, "Look, we're not going to make an iPad. Yep. <clears throat> That's not in our future. We're not going to try to compete in that marketplace." Well, it makes sense. I mean, it isn't isn't there a category of people who want to use Microsoft Office on a tablet? I think so. Yes. And that's what you make a lot your of people. Pro- well. That's what you make your product for. Sure. Hey, they could make a killing just making Microsoft Office for the iPad. I don't know why they don't do that. But can you? It's a touch. I mean, sure you can. That's the, you could, the keyboard. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. Or you it's make not, a totally it, web version of Office that you yeah. access through the browser. And make it actually work. Well, it, right. I mean, Office 365 could work on an iPad. I mean, I think. Sure. You just it make could. it HTML5, fully HTML5 compliant, and I think it would work. It's fine. pretty close. It doesn't yeah. quite, it's not quite I there yet. I haven't tried it on here. So you, can you edit and all that? No, that's the problem. So if you load up Office Web App, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Word Web App or something like that, it, it's not. It doesn't quite work on the iPad. Google Docs like had that problem that, for a long time too. You couldn't edit. There might there must be something there that makes it hard to do, or I don't know. Yeah, it's a little block of code that says "if iPad," and then <laughs> it goes into a little infinite loop or something. I, I don't. It seems like something that just should just work. Yeah. So uh, you know. But that isn't I don't, the same. I literally know nothing. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the thinking is. I don't know what, what the Nevertheless, that's not the same as Office. That's Office, Web Office, that Web app. No, but that would, I think that would be would a nice first step and an easy first step. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, by, look, if this web-based Office gets good enough, they won't, they'll stop making it for Windows too, won't they? I mean, uh, if this right. thing can replace yeah. the Office suite, how much better would it be to have this thing up in the cloud? They have this problem now people. where yep. I'm sorry, Mary Jo. No, I just said for some people that would be good, That's not for everybody, want. but yeah, no, not for everybody. But uh, you know, it's Microsoft, so they get businesses and they get the uh, the need to keep people on a consistent version and all that stuff. But you know, Microsoft has this issue where a lot of people are using not just old versions of Windows and old versions of IE, but also old versions of Office, and they have uh, specific security problems. Or they only support older document formats and all that stuff, and it's tough bringing along. A billion people when that's the size of the market or whatever it is, 750 million people, I guess it is in office. Um, you know, they don't always jump forward to the new versions. Right. So, Although, it, at, we did hear at the partner conference, they've sold 100 million copies 
of Office 2010, which was a number I was really surprised by. Wow. So, yeah, and actually, okay, wow. I did not mention Office in the notes, but is that that number was accurate? That's what they said, $100 million. Yes. I went back and asked them and said, so you're saying you sold 100, 100 million licenses of Office 2010 in a year? And they said yes. That's, whoa. Yeah, so that's 400 crazy. million Windows eight, uh, 7, 100 million in one year. Uh, Office 2010. That's incredible. Yeah, so I, mean, I think Windows 7 everybody at one year was 240. Office is so far from dead. It's out, and you know, it's funny because I look at Office 2010 and I say, well, I mean, you don't really have to upgrade. Uh, I mean, you, you know, there, there isn't, it's not like you can create a whole bunch of raft of new features <laughs> in, in something like this. And yet, obviously, people do. Right. What was it you think that made people feel that they had to op- upgrade? Well, well, I think um, uh, a lot of the people were Office 2003 users. They were real or XP yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you have right. to move forward. Yeah. Obviously, Outlook was probably the big deal in this version. They brought that forward to the ribbon UI. They made the UI more consistent across all the applications, so all of the apps, and also all the online services like SharePoint and so forth, uh, sport that you know ribbon UI for kind of a consistent look and feel and so forth. Do so. people upgrade to something like that, spend that much money for a UI upgrade? Well, I, I don't know because Maybe they didn't break training. it up. But I, Maybe I for would training bet, purposes. Well, I think most people who got Office 2010, most of those licenses um, are probably, well, actually, it's probably split pretty evenly between businesses that are on some kind of a subscription model. Oh, so it's cheap. Well, and also people who bought a consumer-oriented version of Office 2010. I guess one of the big deals with Office 2010 is that that home and student version or whatever they're calling it these days is selling a lot better than it used to. And it's pretty cheap, you know, 100 to $150, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And you yeah, get, plus three, we and you get just... three licenses. I believe you do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah you still do. Yeah. Now, is the 100 million counting those three? No, it's. Uh, no, no, that would just be the one. Perhaps the one license. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree with Paul, though. This is a lot of um, volume license right. uh, deals. And this so it's almost this automatic. We don't know how many of those 100 million are deployed. We just know they were bought. They were paid for it, yeah. And from Microsoft's <laughs> right. perspective, it's sort of the important number, but uh, right, yeah. Well, and it should, and it, it, the volume and license is kind of in some cases off automatically, uh, just like oh, you get the next version automatically. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the point tw- of some me, of the subscriptions. Give me, tw- give me twenty bucks uh, a year, and you get everything anyway. So, yeah, and it, actually, more more often than not, what you're looking at is businesses that have. Uh, what they used to call at least maybe they still do downgrade rights you know where their office the entire company may be standardized in office 20 uh, 2007 right so even though what you're purchasing are office 2010 licenses perhaps they're deploying office 20 uh, 2007 for compatibility reasons or whatever i'm not i'm not saying that, that a lot of people are actually doing that but that would certainly be a possibility yeah I had something brilliant to say, but I forgot. <laughs> oh, I know. Let's break for a commercial. And we shall return. <laughs> Mr. Paul Therat is here. Mary Jo Foley is here from allthingsmicrosoft.com. We're talking about WPC, the Worldwide Partner Conference, which is going on in L.A. Mary Jo is there. But there's lots more to talk about, including, of course, the Netflix thing, which I know you're going to have something to say about, Paul. Uh, Amazon tablet rumors. We thought today would be the day for Lion still waiting we got picks and tips and tricks too all coming up 
on Windows Weekly. Before I go on, I must tell you about a great program for anybody in the support business. Of course, it's Go to Assist Express. I think we started, you know, uh, using this product uh, or its sister product, probably, because uh, this is the latest, newest, sharpest stuff. Way back when on the screensavers days, and we've been using it ever since, and just been so happy with it. It's, uh, you know, when I have. I mean, I, okay, this is maybe not the intended use, but whenever my mom calls, it's go to Assist Express, so I can fire it up. I go on the computer, I fix it, I'm in, I'm out, it's fast. Now, it's really intended for pros, the IT professional, the software support guy or gal, uh, somebody who really has to support a lot of users, because there's features in here that anybody who does support is going to want. First of all, cross-platform, yes, absolutely. You can support anything, Windows or Mac, from a Windows or Mac cross-platform. Uh, 128-bit SSL encryption, that's good. You can fix somebody's uh, system even in an open Wi-Fi access spot. You know, they're in the field and they say, hey, I'm at the hotel, fix this. And you can without ri- risking the corporate data. It's like a VPN right to their computer. Eight sessions at once, so you're not waiting around for the install or the scan. Uh, you can go on to the next one and the next one. Unattended access means you're not waiting around for the client. It's very easy, too. The client doesn't have to have it pre-installed or anything like that. In fact, this is really one of the best uses of this. Uh, you can start using it today with all of your clientele. Just go to go to assist.com slash windows. Install it for free for 30 days. The next support call you get, you say, here, click this link. Or you can email it to them. And uh, it's a little Java bit that downloads quickly. You can easily walk them through it because you say, click this link. And when it says allow, you click yes. And that's it. And now, now you're in. That's all the installation requires on their part, and that's so that's important. You can't if somebody's asking you for support, you don't want to start supporting the tool first. I really think this is worth trying for free. Thirty days. Just visit gotoassist.com/windows. They have monthly subscriptions. They also have daily subscriptions for people like me who just do this from time to time. Uh, just a really useful tool. Gotoassist.com/windows. We thank Citrix as always for their wholehearted support of Windows Weekly and all of our. Uh, shows so one of the things they announced at the WPC after the great success of Gateway with their stores more Microsoft stores 75 more stores is that right yeah I'm glad they're doing this actually well it's really been great for Apple and I think with the right attitude it's a smart thing for a company to do I don't Gateway had you know was a classic failure but that was some time ago have the other Microsoft stores been uh, been successful up to now? I don't know if they've ever broken it out, but I can just say from having visited one that they're pretty cool little experiences. I mean, it's hard to ignore the Apple influence that occurs there, but you know they're warmer and friendlier looking, and uh, there's a lot more big spaces for interactive stuff. You know, with Connect and Xbox and all that. And I, I, I this is just uh, something I feel that's necessary. You know. And I, and I was really nervous that they would open six or seven of these things, and then that would be that, you know. So, and right. there were rumors to that effect. So, uh, the news that they're going to open seventy-five over the next two to three years in the U.S. and then also internationally, I think, is great. I, I, uh, Mary Jo, have you had a chance to visit one? I have. I've been to the one in Bellevue, and okay. uh, it was really good. I loved it, yeah. and uh, I yeah. wish I wish we have one in New York City. It would be really great. Well, if that map is accurate, you're about to have about 37 of them in New York City. <laughs> How many of those will be well, in people's homes? Yeah. No, I'm just, exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> just a, the ads, yeah. that's an inside joke. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that, but they, it, what they ended up saying about the map, by the way, they said that the dots on that map don't actually indicate for sure where the stores are going to be. <laughs> what it, what they are is showing you where the major retail centers are in the U.S. where it would be good if they had stores. I see. Well, I've got my fingers crossed for Dedham Legacy Place. <laughs> <laughs> right so what would, if you store. go in there, though, it wouldn't just be like the Windows store, or the Xbox store. They'd probably have no, partner no. products, right? I mean, you'd have HPs and stuff like that there, right? Well, they have PCs yeah. and they have the signature PCs that we talked about, which is very cool. And I, I think that there's a certain class of product where it just makes a lot of sense to go in, look at them, be able yeah. to see one next to another one, have them be in a nice environment not like at best buy where um you know who knows <laughs> what kind of condition these things will be in um i just think it's in the same way that it's it's good for people who want to buy max to be able to have that presentation it also works out very well for people who want to buy okay PCs. but there's a difference and i think the mm-hmm. difference could be could actually redound to microsoft yep. you know apple's selling its hardware i mean they make the hardware at microsoft of course is selling partner hardware i would bet that hp or whoever else is going to pay good money to be in that store. So, in fact, this this could be a net, for Microsoft, uh, a, a, a zero loss or a net gain. Sure. Right? I mean, well, they can go to the, all the partners it's, and it's say, an, you want to be in the store? Okay, fork over the dough. Yeah. Uh, and, and HP and, and whoever, Toshiba, Acer, whoever else, they could make money on this thing. Anything that shows your products in a good light is a, so th- a net gain. They get both. They get both. And that, that, yeah, and that's the point. I think that's And the that point was here. the problem with Gateway. You're only selling Gateways. By the way, um, I don't. Uh, this is not in the notes, but um, I had friend, I, we had friends visiting from out of town, and they there were a couple places they wanted to visit that were these giant retail locations. And we walked into a Best Buy. There's a Best Buy in Dedham, and I witnessed one of the weirdest things that I've ever seen, which is Best Buy is basically gutting their PC section. Oh. They are relegating PCs to this kind of uh, just a normal little aisle, and they are creating an enormous area where the PCs used to be. For Apple. tablets. Oh, tablets. Now, the, the reason mm. that's bizarre to me is that there are, there are, they have a handful of tablets they can sell now, but what they really have is a lot of shelf space right. where they anticipate there will be tablets. So yeah. there's, uh, you know, they have Kindles, and I think they sell some other ebook readers. They have all of the Motorola Zoom and the, the various Am, uh, Android-based tablets. They have the, the WebOS uh, HP touchpad and so forth. But... It's, 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 the reason it's weird, I think, is that the sales of these tablets combined have got to amount to maybe one-tenth of PC sales. But that j- simply by doing this, by presenting the tablets in this fashion and by de-emphasizing the PCs, you know, I think Best Buy is actually big enough to have an impact mm-hmm. on what people buy because people will go into the store and say, well, obviously these things are what I want. They're, look how prominently displayed they are. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. It's going to be self-fulfilling prophecy. Very, very interesting. So, uh, you know, a Microsoft Store is going to, is in the same way that Apple in the past couldn't rely on its partners at the time, you know, CompUSA and so forth, to adequately or properly display its stuff. You know, I think Microsoft has known for a long time that they can't either. And maybe this uh, store expansion is a reaction to that. Partially a reaction to that. It's also a reaction, of course, to the success Apple's had. Here's the Mall of America. Oh, of course. And the Microsoft Store in the Mall of America is directly across from mm-hmm. the Apple mm-hmm. Store. 
Uh, Do you think it's like a Monty Python movie where they hurl things at each other? <laughs> I, I fought in your general direction. I, you know, what's interesting is how similar the stores look. The Ikea, the hardwood mm-hmm. floors, the the Genius Bar. The You know, I mean, there's there's a certain yep. similarity. Sure. And, uh, but you'd expect that. I, you know, I think people say, oh, they're stealing from Apple. But no, I think this is, this is just what works. This makes sense. Yep. It displays the uh, hardware in the best possible light. And yes. you know the other the other cool thing for me about the Microsoft stores they're going to have Windows phones. Good. Um, because, Good. Yeah, we've. we've and if you act, about if you try before. to buy one, they won't shush you yeah. away. Yeah. Exactly. You can go in and say, "Hey, I want to buy a Windows phone," and you're not going to hear, "You idiot, yeah. why?" That's probably hurts them a lot, doesn't it? I, I was talking to somebody on the radio show. A teenager called in. She, uh, her mom, and, and she called in. She said, "We want a some of this data capability. We don't want to pay data." Uh, uh, charge. We don't pay thirty bucks a month for data, but she wants to text a lot. She wants, and I said, you know, the Kins are free basically right now. Yep. Go get one. They're great. Uh, they no longer charge the uh, thirty dollars a month data for it, and you can text, do all that stuff. And I, I think it's especially the Kin two with the slide up keyboard's great. Yeah. She said, That's "Well, what my son uses." Yeah. Oh, good. That's good to know. Uh, yeah. sh- uh, then somebody called in and said, "You know, I tried to buy a Kin, and Verizon said, no, you don't want that phone.' This ha- this must happen all the time, right?" Yeah, you want it's an so, iPhone. It's so second rate. Yeah, you want an iPhone. You don't really want that phone, right? Yeah. So it, I think the Kin was perfect for what this this girl wanted, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My son loves that phone. Really? I, That's neat. I, and I can't. I you know I'm, I feel like I'm speaking to an empty room when I say stuff like this. But you know, everyone makes fun of the Kin. But has anyone actually tried one? Because surprise, surprise, they're actually pretty cool. And especially for younger, you know, pseudo teenagers. Yeah, he's or, a preteen, right? He's like 12. Yeah, well, he's, he just turned 13. 13. But, oh, he's perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, loves it. Loves it. Yeah. No, I think that um, I'm sure that a few people got whiplash when I said get the Kin. Yeah. But it's really the closest thing to a smartphone that's not a smartphone. And that's, that's kind of what mm-hmm. they wanted. It's like a, star, a smartphone with training wheels. Was I mistaken in, in one respect? I mean, uh, uh, you know, Microsoft's killed it twice now. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> killed it twice It's though. still going to work. <laughs> yeah, it works fine. Yeah, what they've done at Verizon, as you know, is they've taken it off the data plan, essentially. So, And that's how my son uses it. He uses it without a data plan. So he can text. And when he's home, he can use the Wi-Fi to get online and do the it's online perfect. stuff. But, it's perfect. Yeah. And that in the chat room, actually, Stephen 3X is reminding me. He said, I told you in the chat room the reason Verizon says go away is because they don't get that $2,000 over the two-year mm-hmm. contract. Mm-hmm. It's, no, it's not nearly enough money. It's just a phone. Sure. I mean, they might, you know, don't get that. I think, I'd be honest, I don't think that there was a memo that went out. I really think that this is the hipster in the store. Well, uh, you would be treated like a bumpkin if you walked into a st- uh, one of those stores today and said, what I'm looking for is a phone, but I don't want any of that internet nonsense. Right. You know, they, the hipster, you would be looked at. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. You don't, it, it's not necessarily corporate policy. Uh, no, if it, for corporate policy, it. they wouldn't stock the damn thing. It's really sure. the hipster saying, oh, dude, get a real phone. Do yourself sure. a favor. Actually, he hears that and he instantly starts messaging someone about what a noob you are. <laughs> noob. Oh. She wanted to buy a kin. <laughs> Can you believe that? He's like, you wouldn't believe how many people came in here today and asked about a kin. Oh, wait. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, why don't you go get a fax machine, too? I'm all really right. bad at my job. <laughs> yeah, really. No kidding. Man, all these people trying to buy kins. What's with that? What's yep. that all about? Um, I don't know. What do you do? You so you weigh the way you wrote this is so that you would get you would like you would like consumer enterprise consumer enterprise. So it's like you would lull me into, yeah, 
And then, I, listen, and then, I wish I was that intelligent to have <laughs> had the fourth, the, you know, the, the foresight to have done it that way. So was, you say, it, oh, Microsoft 75 stories. Gets me excited, gets me going, gets me engaged, mm-hmm, my blood's flowing. Mm-hmm. And then you say, S, uh, then you say uh, SQL Denali CTP3 is coming out. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's my software pick of the week, Jerry. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. So you. Enjoy I'm, as, I'm every bit as excited about enjoy it as you are. Enjoy the column level editing and <laughs> whatever it is you can do with that. Yeah. <laughs> you sneak. So uh, SQL Denali CTP3. So the next version of SQL Server is codenamed Denali. This is the third, cons- not consumer, uh, what do they call it? Customer technical preview? Community. Uh, community. Community. Thank you. I don't know. I'm, I'm sunstruck. I've been walking around Washington, D.C. today, and I'm, I just don't know what's going on. Community. Community. Technical preview. Community. So this thing will be released at some future date. There are new Maybe versions of the System year. Center products. Uh, Operations Manager and, and, and Orchestrated, I think, is new, isn't it? Orchestrated. A oh, yeah. System Center has like 10 things coming out this year. Yeah. Yep. But Windows Denali Azure. might be this year, Paul. It yeah. might be. It might be this year. Okay. Yep. I'm so glad you have a little playmate you could talk with. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, my master plan is coming together. <laughs> <laughs> who shares there your enthusiasm. There are some rabid SQL users out there, Leo, believe I, it or I, not. I'm sure there are. Let's yeah. talk about Azure-based private cloud um, appliances, shall we? More coffee! Yes. <laughs> and, the, and the controversy over why Dell wasn't mentioned, even though oh, they yeah. previously were mentioned. Yeah. You know, Let's talk about that. You, you Leo know, can I, take a break and we'll talk about that. And then I'm going to do a sidebar. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll be so back. They announced uh, that uh, <laughs> HP and Fujitsu would would ship private cloud computing appliances based on Windows Azure by the end of the year. But previously, oh, they had uh, announced that Dell was going to be one of the partners for that, and Dell got no mention whatsoever. Mm. Right. I asked about that here. Um, I said, why didn't you talk about Dell? Are they on board still, or did they drop it? And they say they're still on board, and they just weren't ready to announce their date yet. I think what's really happening is that Dell's the one who's going to buy RIM, and they're going to pull an HP, and then they're going to ship the, like these PCs that have the touchpad OS or whatever it's called, their playbook OS, on their PCs, and Microsoft's mad at them. Could be. I like that conspiracy theory. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you know, yeah, but at least now Dell, we know okay. we're going to have Fujitsu, and we're going to have <laughs> HP, and they're going to sell Azure appliances. Yay. Have you heard anything about, did they talk at all about the small server, uh, small business server essentials, hardware, or storage server essentials, hardware, or Windows Home server hardware? Oh, now you're just doing this to be mean. <laughs> what other server hardware could I mention? <laughs> you're just, now you're just rubbing it in. There's been so, there's just been no noise no. on this at all. No. The small oh, business stuff, showed, nothing. I think they showed a slide uh, during one of the keynotes where they showed some of those things, but... It was yep. not a big theme here. I got to I got to start bugging people about that. I don't know why there's not more news there. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody please call 911. <laughs> I fell off my ball, I'm sorry. Actually, you know, no, the the side note on that is I found it very interesting, but I don't know if I mentioned this last week, you know, but uh Michael Look. Dell has You got a ball? 
I could be sitting on this. No, don't. Wow. Probably wouldn't be safe. No. That's funny. So that's... Well, I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> why, why would you have a ball? <laughs> I don't want to know. I traveled with, to D.C. with the ball. Did you? No. No. Um, Michael Dell has been hanging out with, with strangers on uh, Google+. Plus. He'll just start a video hangout. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound like that sound like a beginning of a joke? It's like internet chat relay or something. <laughs> yeah, a uh, an internet entrepreneur CEO and uh, walks into a bar. Um, but no, but you could go and I, you know it's very interesting to see something like Dell uh, engaging with the hoi polloi, as it were. Uh, you know, this reminds me of when uh, the first President Bush had someone had to explain to him how a checkout counter worked yeah. at a supermarket, and this is almost like he heard from friends that this is hot new no. thing. No, I, I, I don't think that's the case. First of all, Dell obviously is technological. I mean, he was he got into the business by building PCs in his dorm room. I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's not 1989. A I mean, what, well, you know, all right, what but I mean, he's not a nudnik. Talking about here? But uh, but I just I think that uh, I, I just it surprises me. I mean, I just uh, to see that kind of engagement uh, uh, with 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 the uh, the hoi polloi, the unwashed masses, the consumers. Oh, I guess he him. doesn't run Dell anymore. He's just kind of a chairman, right? He just kind of sits around. Is anyone running Dell? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's actually what's interesting about Google Plus because Tom Anderson, who the guy who founded MySpace, is, is mm-hmm. very active in there. And then, of course, you realize, well, that's because he he sold it. He has nothing to do. Yeah, I, apparently Mark Zuckerberg is pretty. Uh, he's not active at all, but he's in there. He's the he's number a- one uh, number one most followed guy in there. Mm-hmm. Hundred twenty thousand, something like that. All right. Are we done? Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract you from SQL Server Denali CTP3 coming out. Is, uh, is there anything more to say about that? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid to say anything else. <laughs> and now, following true to the pattern of Excite Leo Borleo, Excite Leo Borleo, let's talk about Connect. Uh, this is actually really great. Microsoft not only now has embraced the hacker community, they've got a, a toolkit. For Connect. For our next overlords. <laughs> build, build your next master. So I didn't even know there was an MS, a Microsoft Robotics Studio. But I guess there is. There is. And, they, uh, and they're and they going to make a toolkit for Connect. Yep. That they, is really they neat. They put one available for download this week. Um, it's, a, it's a spinoff of that Connect SDK for Windows 7. But it's for robotics. So, yeah. They're alive. The robotics team is alive. And not they the robots. Doing <laughs> <laughs> the robots are not alive. It's alive. <laughs> well, I can imagine that people who uh, uh, do robotics, I mean, this is, you know, you've got a lot of uh, support for robotics. It's an interesting uh, kind of uh, hobby field. But there's some very, I mean, this is where some really cool stuff is happening. And one of the things that you need is sensors, the ability to see the outside world. And that, that's very expensive. It has been very expensive to have a, a connect give you not only the picture of what's going on, but the Z, the depth, uh, it's fantastic. I think that this, you'll see all sorts of interesting things. <clears throat> it's only a matter of time before you see a robot on the Celtics. <laughs> I think. I, <laughs> actually, a couple of the players were uh, <laughs> <laughs> playing a little robotic. A little suspicious, yeah. yeah. Um, Xbox Music. Now, today's the day Spotify emerges in the U.S. I signed up for my account. Yep. Um, and of course, Spotify this is neat because it gives you a chance to rediscover Zoom Pass. Um, <laughs> I, nice. I, I, not, not clear why this wasn't exciting three years ago, but 
Yeah, I don't. It's, you know, I'll be honest because you're right. I mean, not only Zune Pass, which actually has a, a is a better deal because for mm-hmm. the ten bucks a month, you also get ten songs you own every month. Yeah. Uh, as far as I could tell, all the services have roughly the same database of songs. Um, I yeah, use RDO. Yeah, there's sure. Mog. There's Rhapsody. There's Zune Market. You know, Zune Pass. Um, yep. I've tried them all. I, you know, there's some slight differences. I don't see what makes Spotify so sexy, except that we couldn't get it till now. Right. That's exactly right. We don't like to see Europe get stuff before us. Yeah. No, I think whether the Zune it's Pass is the best plague deal. or whatever. If you're looking for a deal, I would say Zune Pass is the best deal because you get those ten, ten songs. Yep. Um, is now let me. I don't remember. <clears throat> Zoom Pass music is is it MP3 or is it uh, WMA? The, so the subscription music is WMA, but the music okay. you buy that you That's keep MP3. is MP3, and it's not right. protected in any way. That's the limitation for me because I want to use these things on my portable devices, uh, as and on my Mac and yeah. on my iPad. And right, of course which I can't begs do the that. question: Why hasn't Microsoft ported this yeah. software to the iOS, to Android, and That's and, held it back, I think. Otherwise, I would say it's a better deal. It's a better th- if you're on Windows and when I presume Windows Phone, uh, I hadn't tried. I, I guess yes. Well, Windows that's Phone works fine with it. Yeah. Yep. No, I have yep. tried it. It's basically a Zoom. Right. I point over there because that's where my Windows Phone is. I was I, yeah the empty screen. <laughs> no, I got it back. You know what? I couldn't figure out where it went. I forgot that I loaned I lent it to Tony, uh, our editor, mm-hmm. and uh, so I I went to my AT and T account and I just uh, I deactivated it. <laughs> and lo and behold, the next day, Tony said, I don't know, the data stopped working. I said, oh, thanks. <laughs> nice. It must be broken. I'll fix it. So now I have my focus back. And it's uh, he. Uh, meanwhile, he, uh, he no-doed it or whatever you call it. Don't mm-hmm. it. Don't note it. No-doed it. <laughs> don't note it. So should I put mango on it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm using. Okay. Do I have to pay to be a developer to do that or can I yeah, steal it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess yeah, there's a workaround there for that. I, I haven't publicized that, but I, there is a... Nah, I'll pay People for have written about it. There's a way to make it happen, I guess. It's not the money uh, for me. It's that, uh, and it's the same thing on the Apple side, when I pay to get developer privileges, then suddenly yeah. I agree to an NDA. Sure, sure, sure. And so what I'd like to do, and you see, I know, for instance, that that hobbles you a little bit because you have an official copy of Mango, so you can't talk about Mango. It's like fight. No, they let us talk about it. Oh, they do? It, it was a week-long period or whatever 10 days where we couldn't but we can now oh okay the, the issue i would just give you this little tip if you are going to do that uh they're very clear about this in the instructions but you create a backup of your previous version mm-hmm. you want to save that oh, like yeah. it's something precious because you're oh, going to yeah. need that to get to the original you know to the shipping version of mango later. ah that is that's actually a really good tip so you can't you will not be able to upgrade the mango beta You'll have to. Yeah. You'll have yeah. to revert. Yeah, it's possible you could get into a situation where you have to flash the phone through the wireless carrier, right? Uh, if if you if you don't have your own backup, good to know. Uh, you have a, a cryptic little note here about <laughs> about Xbox Music. Well, yeah. So unfortunately, as is so often the case in our world, uh, somebody mistakenly writes something, and then it's broadcast around the internet on every blog as if it were a fact. Right. And that was the existence of something called Xbox Music, which led to speculation that Microsoft was going to replace the Zune brand with Xbox right away, and that's actually not happening. So, oh, all right. it was just a mistake. Don't so if believe you've read a story, it's not true. It's don't not true. believe everything you read in them blogs. Them Unless bloggers. It's my blog or Mary Jo's blog. There's two good bloggers in the world. 
and I think we know who they it's are. It's pretty damn close to that, Leo. <laughs> no. uh, Xbox Windows 8 Rumor of the Week. This is our final uh, tidbit from uh, WPC. <laughs> Well, so we we touched on this earlier, and that's oh. just that uh, there's a. I'm not even sure why that was in that list. Maybe just because it was an Xbox thing, but uh, there's a rumor going around that Windows 8 has some references to Xbox 360 in it, and that yes, it could possibly. Okay. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about it. <clears throat> but you know, I tried to have tried to have two interesting things there at the end to wake me up, just to bring it home. You would rather play Call of Duty on an Xbox than a PC because you could do both. And I noticed you use the Xbox. The same, if it was the same game and you were using the controller, oh, okay. what would the difference be? Right. And how cool would it be to go on a business trip and continue playing a game that I was playing laptop. at home in my yeah. living room on an Xbox? Yeah. yeah I, I think there's an interesting crossover there. Um, I, and again, I have no understanding of whether this is true or not. I, this, and there's a part of me that believes that it couldn't possibly be true, but I do sort of think about it and think this could be pretty, pretty interesting if they did it. And now we put and Mary Jo to sleep. Windows game stuff is yes, <laughs> yes. I'm I'm ready to uh, slide under the gaming. Table. <laughs> what is that? All right. Well, let's can take... we talk about BizTalk server? Yikes. Sure. See, even I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> there are some places to which even Paul will not go. What is BizTalk server? Oh, here it comes. <laughs> it's. Do you really want to know? Yeah. Or is, is it like the clipping thing? Or do you really want to know? No, I really want to know. <laughs> Were you really bored when I discussed that? Did that really? No, I, I was fascinated by that actually. Oh, okay. No, we'll see. It's Biz just Talk like that Ser- then. BizTalk server is Microsoft's integration server. It's a very high-end enterprise server. Higher end than say Windows two thousand Server two thousand eight. Well, just kind of a different server. It's okay. more for integrating applications. Got it. It's one way to think of it is it's, if you're familiar with Visio. Yes. It works like Visio, but it allows you to automate processes uh, that programmers could later then go tie code to to create workflows and so forth. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. So you would draw, in effect, you draw the workflow, and then that's the right. program would come in and, and populate the, the flow. Yep. And what would they populate it with? Would that would that could be any language? Is it .net? Pixie dust, Leo. Pixie, Pixie dust. <laughs> make it so. However, that requires an add-on pack. <laughs> Pixie pack. Not additional cost. <laughs> now that's cool. Actually, I kind of like that. We're you know uh, we have to uh, do something like that. We need to we need to automate our workflow. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've said that. <laughs> I was just thinking of getting some interns, but uh, maybe uh, BizTalk Server is where we, uh, we go. We're gonna t- <laughs> no. <laughs> Mary Jo Foley is here all about Microsoft.com, that great ZDNet blog. If you, I mean, she is the Microsoft insider, knows more about what's going on in those inside those hallowed, ivy-covered halls at Redmond than anyone else. Uh, also with us, of course, the, uh, the host of the show, Mr. Paul Thorat. We will be back in a moment. We've got. Uh, I, I want to get Paul's take on uh, this Netflix price hike. A lot of people upset about this, but that's right after I tell you about. I guess I won't do the Netflix ad here about Carbonite.com. <laughs> we'll save that till we hear what Paul thinks <laughs> about Carbonite.com. Carbonite is the right way to back up. It's online storage. Now, that's what, why is that important? Because if you back up, and, and I, I don't think you should not do this. In fact, I do recommend you back up to an external drive or a DVD or CD or maybe a USB key that's right next to your computer. That's fine. 
It has some real advantages. It's right there. You can get it immediately. Uh, but I think you know that it's really important to get that stuff off-site, too, in addition uh, because then if the worst happens, you have a fire, a flood, whatever, somebody breaks in and steals everything, you haven't lost all the backups. You need an off-site backup as well. Now, there are lots of ways to do this. We talked about mesh last week, and that's great. But here's the deal. How much data do you want to back up? How about every bit of that personal data on your internal drive for $59 a year, less than 16 cents a day? Is that pretty attractive? I think that's the deal. That's what Carbonite does for Windows or Mac. Uh, you'd put it on your system. You could try it, by the way, for two weeks free, which is a good idea because you see, you'll see how it... Uh, I think a lot of people are concerned, well, wait a minute, is this going to be backing up all the time? Is it going to slow me down? Is it going to slow down my internet? No. But the best way to know that is to try it. So go to Carbonite.com. Use the offer code Windows. You do not need a credit card. You'll install it on your system. There are some limitations in the free trial. It won't do movie files, things like that, because, uh, uh, well, it just won't. Uh, they have to have some limitations. So you put that on there and watch and see. And you'll see it doesn't slow you down. It's backing up your data all the time whenever you're online. 128-bit SSL, so you're secure. Encryption, so you're private if you choose. It's just fantastic. And, and well, the other thing, before while you're doing the trial, log in to your Carbonite account on any other computer on your uh, smartphone. And lo and behold, there's your data. So it's cloud storage. Unlimited cloud storage. Unlimited cloud storage for 59 bucks a year. Now, it's not multiple computers or multiple external drives. It's all the data on a single internal drive, okay, or your, whatever's internal to your system. Um, but that could be gigabytes. It could be terabytes, I guess. Uh, I want you to try it free. Carbonite.com. Use the offer code window. If you decide, Windows, W-I-N-D-O-W-S. If you decide to buy, uh, use the same offer code. I do want you to try it first, but if you decide to buy, use the same offer code, and you'll get uh, 12 months for the, I'm sorry, 14 months for the price of 12, two free months. 14 months for the price of $12.59. Backup done right. It's, it's simple, and yet it's so sophisticated. Sometimes the most sophisticated stuff is, is really simple, and this is one of them. I love it. Carbonite.com. Use the offer code Windows, and Paul and I shall thank you. We shall thank you deeply. Mary Jo, either you've shrunk... <laughs> I've shrunk. I don't know what just happened there. You Weird. tilted... Yes, now that's lovely. She's growing... There. there we go. I'm in a dark, dank hotel room uh, in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. <laughs> hey, whatever you do, stay off the 405 this weekend. Oh, I know. Yes. I heard that. Ooh. Carmageddon. I'm escaping soon. <laughs> my show, actually, my radio show is going to be preempted. I want. Uh, I do a, a weekend uh, call-in show, and one of the uh, stations is Los Angeles. It's the mothership, KFI. It's a big talk station in Los Angeles. And they informed me. They said, you know, Leah, we're not going to put your show on on Saturday because all we're going to be doing is telling people how, <clears throat> you know, how to get yeah. around the 405, which is the major corridor uh, in uh, L.A. And it's being it's cl- it's not being closed for a movie. I, I presume they're working on it. Yeah, they are over. I think two days. Arnold Schwarzenegger's back in town, ready to do Terminator Four. <laughs> the day the four five closed. Um, I don't. He started to sound a little Jamaican man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that is that is a big story there, and you'll be out before then. I hope, Mary Jo. Yes, I need to leave in like ten minutes. In fact. Oh, yikes! Let's hurry up and rush this show. Let's get it over with. 
I'll just go slide under my desk. Like, you, yeah, she's, she'll, you, well, by the time she's gone, we'll just be seeing the top of her head, and then that'll be the end of that. So as we talk I about guess she's gaming, gone. I don't know what happened. She just started shrinking. So, uh, like Alice in Wonderland. Yes. So, uh, do you use Netflix, Mary Jo? No. So you won't have an opinion on this one. I don't care at all about Netflix. I want to go back to Denali. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, if, if it's Denali you want, we could talk about Lion. Uh, no, but briefly, Netflix, uh, I think, irritated a lot of people, although it seems to be calming down now once people really realize what happened. They call it a price hike, but really uh, what Netflix said is if you're paying seven ninety nine for the streaming... Uh, and then a couple bucks more for discs. We're going to split the two out. So you'll pay for the discs and you'll pay for streaming separately. And you can do seven ninety nine plus seven ninety nine, so sixteen bucks for what is that? Three discs and streaming, or you could separate it out. So some people see that as a price hike. I don't know. Well, how do you feel about? It? Do, yeah. Paul, do you get discs still? I do, I do. And and I looked. At, I, my initial reaction to this was, I can't believe they didn't do this sooner. Um, I've always felt like this service was a little underpriced. Although on the other hand. It, you know, it's a little strange because typically these types of things get less expensive over time. I, I think the expensive bit for Netflix is literally the mailing of the discs. Yeah, know? I think they're. I that, think that's this is probably they're... pressure for the movie industry to get people off of the discs. Yeah, it's going to work. I think. You know, th- there's been a lot of uh, complaining, but I think the reality is people realize there are no good alternatives. It's and still this... cheaper than going to. Yeah. A movie. It's still a valuable service. <laughs> well, yeah, so, wh- right, what's my alternative, right? I, I, I want to get DVDs occasionally, so I'm going to start going to Blockbuster, the one that's left in New England, or the... Right. You we know, have a Blockbuster in town, and they have a big banner, obviously trying to take advantage of this, saying a buck a day per movie. Sure. But that doesn't mention late fees, which is about another buck a I day. think what's going to happen on the other end of this is that most Netflix customers are going to move to streaming. That's what I think, too. Uh, service, which, you know, is the future anyway. So, so Eric says in the chat room, Eric Duckman says, but wait a minute, my current subscription is going for 10 to $16. How is that a night of price hike? Well, it is. Uh, I mean, absolutely. It's a pr- I'm not saying it's not a price hike, but really what, it, but you could also say it's an unbundling. And I think that's really what, from Netflix point of view, it is. Yeah. They, they want to say here, for eight bucks, you get the streaming. And then for whatever, eight bucks, you get uh, discs. You can do both if you want, but that's really... And frankly, and I, don't, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but about two months ago in the Netflix ads, they mm. said, don't sell the discs. Just yeah. talk about streaming. Sure. So I really... Well, that's where the, that's where the value is. And, and they have put a lot of energy and money into that service. You know, they have spent a lot of money to get new content in there and... I just think there's more upside for them. There's more, um, you know, they can benefit more from it directly. Whereas, you know, the, the shipping costs just keep going up. Right. Uh, shipping well, discs around the country is not a very, is not a business model for the future. There's also the sales tax issue because um, if you ship, that means you will have a physical presence in many states. Mm-hmm. Netflix can turn that off if they can get people to stop shipping. I'm sure the movie industry doesn't like the piracy element of shipping. You know, sure. it's, you you rent a DVD. There's nothing to stop you whatsoever, yep. except ethics, from making copies of those and sending them back immediately. So um, I think this is the movie industry. I think this was kind of almost inevitable. I'm not making apologies for Netflix, but uh, but I still think even if you got the sixteen dollar deal, that's cheaper well, than the late fees were for me. For one, yeah, I I finally fed, got fed. I up. think I mine went up. Mine, mine was a five dollar hike, but I I sort of looked at it like, well, I'm not getting rid of it. I love Netflix and. 
maybe over time I get rid of the disc part of it because that is certainly less valuable than it and used to be. And some people will get rid of streaming because guess, they'll say I, I want the, the reason. I think that's why you own Netflix. And its ubiquity across devices is what's so great about it. I think, yes, I agree. And I, I get a five disc, so I'm going up to 40 bucks a month. But uh, yes, yeah, uh, which I now have to kind of think that's a little bit much. But um, I'm just wondering. Some people may choose streaming only. If mm-hmm. if discs support, some people may choose discs only. That will be in either case. That will be a price cut. You'll go down to eight bucks. Sure. Um, so it's only people who want to have who want to keep what they've got both, and that's people like you, Paul. I guess uh, I don't know. We don't know yet how the impact what the impact will be on. But it's getting less and less. You know, when when I look through the Netflix site at what's available, increasingly it's streaming. I, the DVD stuff is almost just new releases in the concept of DVDs, which means, you know, they have this window where every right. week, you know, new movies come out, and it's pretty much just that. But uh, I'm happy with streaming. I don't actually. I've had the same discs for months. <laughs> I don't really. Yeah. I know. You know, I think that's what's really going to happen is it's going to force a lot of people to look at their use, and they'll yep. say, which, by yeah. the way, I'm sure Netflix doesn't want because because well, they're making money on me if I've had five discs for three months. Sure. Sure. They you love those discs. Yeah. <laughs> you bought them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think when they went to, uh, I don't know when it was, sometime in the past year, they added that streaming only plan. Right. I think the expectation was that a lot of pe- more people would have done oh, that. And I'm didn't. sure a lot of people did do it, but I think a lot of people clung to some minimal DVD plus streaming plan. And I just think it cost them too much. I, th- I think that the cost of that have just gone up over time and it's become untenable so they just had to raise prices on that kind of thing well we'll see we'll see today was supposed to be the day for here's another thing mary joe's just if you want to leave mary joe it's fine i I completely understand just take off her bags are packed (laughs) she's ready to go bags are packed taxi's waiting outside the door i have to tell you one quick bit of news though can i interrupt you before you talk lion kate hudson just named her baby bing (laughs) This is not a joke. Oh, you got to be kidding me. No. The baby's full name is Bingham. Bing oh. Haunt Bellamy. Bing Bellamy. Hey, Bing, Bing Bellamy. Bellamy here. Microsoft corporate liaison. Yeah. Uh, so she's really, she's really <laughs> actually, she's really kind of dooming him to a future in sales, I think, with a name like Bing Bellingham. Or a future yeah. Friends, you know, remake. <laughs> hey, Bing Bellingham. <laughs> or Bing Bellum. What is it? Bingham? Bing Bingham? Bingham is the real name, and Bing is the nickname. Bingham Bing Bellamy. Bellamy. Bing Bellamy. You know, I knew you uh, wanted to know that. I went well. I went to Yale, so there was guys there named Dink, uh, <laughs> and actually, I went to school with a guy named Bing. Uh, Bing Bing incidentally went on to found a little company called Electronic Arts, and I think he's done okay. I've lost track of him. That's a good point. <laughs> so Bing isn't you know then Bing Crosby. I know. I don't. I I, I'm, I'm I not thinking, and I might be wrong that she named him after the search engine. I could be wrong on that. She banged and decided. <laughs> <laughs> there were guys wow. all over Yale named Dink, Bing, Buffy, Muffy. <laughs> Dink was more of an unofficial name where I came from. Yeah, you wouldn't think the guy would choose that for his nickname. No. His, by the way, his real name. Um, and I kid you not, J.P. Morgan. He was a Morgan. But I call myself Dink. It's ironic, don't you know? <laughs> Would you like to smoke a $100 bill with me? Um, Lion, we were supposed to get it today. I keep checking nothing. I got nothing. 
I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Microsoft. I mean, uh, Apple. Who who does uh, Max? Apple. <laughs> you disappoint me. Amazon I, tablet I thought, rumors. I, Did you I, see that? Now, this Mary Jo might have something to say about Amazon. Uh, you know, we keep we keep waiting for Amazon's uh, to drop the other shoe on this stuff, and uh, now they're saying nine inch screen color. A black and white Kindle and an Android-based Kindle. This might be a killer product. Well, plus a full yes. Kindle tablet, too. Right. And one of them has touch, supposedly, and one doesn't. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hot, hot product. I, I yep. think if there's anyone who could take on Apple, it's got to be Amazon, right? Yeah. Because they have the ecosystem behind it. And I think that's the key bit. You know, and it should have been a, a wake-up call when they started their little app store um, that they were heading in this direction. So I, I hope they do this. I, I, I think Apple needs some kind of competition to keep things on the, uh, on the level, as we say. <laughs> and, uh, and Amazon will hit them hard on price, too, which I think would be great for everybody. So, you think it competes more with Apple than with Google? I guess Google benefits because it's Android. You know, here's something. I I, I was thinking about that earlier today. Um, it's been so long. Uh, do you think there was a time when Microsoft was first coming out with Windows or when Microsoft uh, saw Windows first becoming successful that people thought, you know, the only people that can sell software for this platform is Microsoft, you know? Do you think that ever – I mean, I'm just curious. I don't, re- I don't remember. But I wonder if there was ever that time. And I think it's – interesting that today we sort of assume that because Google makes Android even though it's an open platform that somehow they can only be, the, you know, they're the only ones who can do this, you know um, they did create the platform but the platform is is out there I mean, I think it's uh, the biggest problem with Android in many ways for the first couple of years was that store they had it was terrible. Right, right. And they, they just they cleaned it. it up, yeah, it's actually much yeah, nicer. Yeah. yeah, they're doing it now. So um, the Apple stuff is is better, you know, and then they have the the full digital media stuff, you know, and Google is certainly getting into that as well as they should. But if you want music and TV shows and movies, if you want to be able to rent movies uh, on Android, uh, Amazon will have it. They, it's all there. It's all in place. And it's not starting up. You know, Microsoft kind of has it, too, in the Zune marketplace. But, you know, they started from scratch. App, my, uh, Amazon, rather, has been doing this for years. So that when this Android device happens, it's not going to be sitting out there by itself like you see is happening today with the HP Touchpad or the RIM Playbook or most of those other Android devices that just have zero support beyond a few basic apps. You know, Amazon has the ability to really drive this I thing agree. forward. They with, can with do the stuff. ecosystem. They can yeah. do the Apple ecosystem. Yep. And there, and are, I two, think that's, there are two interesting Microsoft points to make about this, too. Um, one is, remember, Amazon signed a patent agreement with Microsoft oh. covering Android. Mm. So they're covered. They're not going to get sued. It's not going to be like what's happening with some of the phones, right? Right. The other thing is, remember who went to work at Amazon who used to work <laughs> on Windows? Oh. Yes, I do. Mike Brian Valentine. Nash. Who? No. Oh, Mike okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, and Brian yes, Valentine, Mike, too. But Mike yeah, Nash yeah, Mike, is at Mike Amazon, Nash, who used to be a big deal in the Windows organization, yeah. which is kind of well, interesting. And I've, I keep hearing rumors he was involved in these tablets. And, hmm. Which makes sense, because Mike Nash is working on the Kindle. That that, that right. was his original. Very interesting. Right. Yep, yep, yep. 
Mary Jo, I want to let you go. Uh, you got a cab okay. to catch. Mary Jo yes. Foley is the uh, blogger at uh, ZDNet who covers Microsoft better than anybody. All about Microsoft is the place to go, allaboutmicrosoft.com, to see all of her information. I mean, this is actually nice that they did this for you because it's all one page with everything. Mary Jo yes. writes her Facebook activity, too, her blog role, allaboutmicrosoft.com. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Safe travels. Thank you, guys, very stay, much. Yeah, stay thanks away very much from, for coming. From the 405. I will, indeed. <laughs> I think it's safe today. Yeah, I think the clo- the shutdown occurs tomorrow night. Is mm-hmm. it tomorrow night? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mary. All right, Jill. bye. Take, take care. care. Bye. Good travels. And uh, we're going to take a break and come back uh, with your tips, Paul Therott, and uh, your... Uh, your app picks. But first, let's talk about Netflix. We talked a little bit about it on the air. Uh, Netflix, as you well know, is a great place to go for movies. And yeah, they raise the price, but I think seven ninety nine for all-you-can-eat streaming, to me, I think this is kind of the cord cutter's perfect solution. I, I don't want to make a... you know. I think probably most of you are Netflix customers, and now you've got to decide. You've got to say, well, am I going to keep the DVDs or keep the streaming or keep both? I don't know what I would do, but I, my suspicion is if it were just, if, if I would say I'd pick the streaming, $7.99 a month. That's less than one movie ticket. And look at all the movies you can get here. What I really like is some of them are obscure. This is the movie section, uh, music section. I started watching mu- music documentaries, and I've been having so much fun. They have a ton of documentaries on here. And it's been so much fun looking at all of those. Um independent movies that you don't see in the movie theater often show up here a lot of international movies tv shows too i'm going through the battlestar galacticus and you know there's just you know if i ordered the discs i'd feel like well you gotta watch it tonight you know i can do it at my leisure really which i really like uh there are for all four seasons of bsg the new bsg on here and i'm just watching them when i'm in the mood i watch them and i love that i think that's great how many episodes uh is that let me see. Does it say here? I'm at I'm up to episode nine of season one. Fifteen episodes from 2003. Uh, Twenty episodes from 2005. Nineteen. All of this just you. You say, oh, you know, I. For instance, you get the DVD. You're gonna have to watch a whole. I want to see Sine qua non. I love that episode when President Rosalind was abducted by the Cylon. I love that. So you can watch that. See, this is what I love about it. Netflix streaming is really. For people like me who have basically no impulse control and no patience, watch it when you want it. On your iPad, your iPhone, your Windows or Mac, your Xbox 360, your PlayStation 3, your Nintendo Wii, many TVs, most of the new Blu-ray players. It's just the, the creme de la creme. If you haven't tried it yet, try it free at Netflix.com slash twit. Since I know most of you have, may I also suggest that you... Uh, Tell your friends about this, because we'll benefit if they use the URL, netflix.com slash twit, and so will they, 30 days free. Netflix, N-E-T-F-L-I-X dot com slash twit. We really thank them for their support. And I have to, I mean, I think there may be some conception that uh, we would we would temper our remarks because they're an advertiser. No way. Uh, we, we Believe me, no, nobody pays Paul or me enough money <laughs> to change how we feel about something. Uh, that that's just not that's just not I, what happens. I use Netflix and like it and recommend it and uh, yes I wish uh, it was not more expensive than it used to be but I looked at that and said okay but still, I still need to get this so. still it's still a great deal yeah 
All right, Windows Weekly tip of the week from Mr. Paul Thorat. So I mentioned Intune 2 earlier, and the, the little tip here is that you could sign up for the beta right now, and then you can use it for free on up to 10 PCs through the end of the year, basically, until the final version is released plus 30 days. You can use it for absolutely free. And the reason I recommend that is that it's basically a superset of what you get with Microsoft Security Essentials, but it also allows you to manage a bunch of different computers. So if you're like a lot of us, where you're basically managing the computers for everyone in your house, this is a great way to do That's that. And you can do I it said. all from a centralized location. Yeah. So the, the, the problem with Intune from the perspective of a, of a family or an individual is that it doesn't really have that kind of Office 365 low-end price. You know, you can get Office 365 for $6 per month per PC, which I think is reasonable. Unfortunately, Intune starts at $11 per month mm. per PC, which I think is unreasonable. I, I wish that for 11 you could get both, you know, Intune yeah. plus 365. But they're not I aiming actually, at home users, so that would be kind No, of- no, of course not. But I think that this is something IT pros in particular, people who, you know, again, manage computers for multiple people, um, would really find value in. But why not use it for free for the next four or five, six months, whatever it may be? Um, you can do that. So go grab Windows Intune now, uh, 2 now for free on the, during the beta. Uh, it works great. It has a bunch of new functionality. Um, you can test it out for the next several months for free. Why not do that? Why not? Our Windows. Why not? Why the heck not? Our Windows 7 app pick of the week. Yeah, this is going to surprise some people because I, I really don't like Outlook. But I have been using it lately because I'm in the middle of my own migration away from Gmail and towards some Microsoft-oriented email solutions. Mm, So I've I've been testing different things and using different um, exchange accounts. And uh, obviously, Outlook is an interesting client for that. Um, There is a feature of Office 2010 called Social Connector. And the downloadable bit of this is it it works with providers like Facebook, LinkedIn, Windows Live Messenger, and something called Viadio. Viadio, I love that. Does that mean um, go so with God? <laughs> yeah, via condios. Yeah, via condios. Uh, so I'm not familiar with uh, that particular service, but I do really? use Facebook and I do use Windows Live Messenger. And the thing that's neat about it, this let me see if I can find an email from um, yeah someone I know. So when I when you click on an email from someone who's in your contact list, when it's from one of those places, the social connector provides you with information about that person that comes to you from those networks. And it's really uh, kind of unbelievable. So I have here a history of our communications. Um, a, let me just click on each one of these, see what it is, says. I have her all of her uh, news feed updates and RSS updates from Facebook and elsewhere. Uh, the emails we've exchanged, the attachments that she sent me an email, uh, via email, the uh, meetings that we have together, and uh, the uh, instant message uh, th- conversations we've had, the status updates that she has submitted to different services and so forth. So there are also, when uh, this particular email I'm looking at is an email to me and my wife and, uh, and this person's husband. And so all of those people are, have their own little boxes up there and you can click on each of those and then get all that information about all the other people as well. So it's, it, it's sort of, it, if you think about Outlook as the center of your life, which I think a lot of people do, it allows you to get much, much more information from people that you're connected with all, again, in that same location. And I think that's what's uh, really valuable about it. So it's one of those things that's kind of in Outlook. I think a lot of people don't realize it's there. I have a link uh, to more information. And from there, you can go and find the different downloads. So if you want to connect to Facebook, for example, you have to download uh, a little plugin and then it works with Facebook. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm sort of anti-Outlook, but I understand that a lot of people use it. And if you are using it, 
and you want to use this horrible antiquated tool to link into new things, <laughs> this is a great way to do it. So <laughs> the social connector is actually pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, our Windows Phone 7 app pick. We've had some big names in the last few yeah, weeks. Yeah, so we don't... Uh, so don't, we have two, don't get have your hopes up. <laughs> yeah, don't get your hopes up. No, actually, one of them is big. So um, there's a new game called Beards and Beaks. Uh, this one's interesting because it's an actual Microsoft game. And the reason I point that out is that a lot of the games that are published by Microsoft Game Studios are actually made by other people outside of Microsoft. Yeah. Um, so if you go and you look in the Zune software, it will say Microsoft Game Studios. But that doesn't mean that's who made it. So, for example, I, I wouldn't be surprised to discover that Angry Birds is listed it's as Microsoft studio. Game Studios, right. even right. though we know Rovio made that game. Right. Um, this is a fun little game, Garden Gnomes, basically. It looks a little bit like that Fable coin golf, although it doesn't actually play like it at all. And uh, it's pretty inexpensive, so it's two ninety nine. But right before we started recording, uh, well, I guess it was earlier today I found out about this. Um, the official New York Times app is also available oh, now for cool. Windows Phone 7. Um, this is nicely done. You know, it uses the Windows Phone interface, which you would expect. The one caveat, and I see a lot of people are already complaining about this, is that Windows Phone, I'm sorry, that um, the New York Times has moved to a pay model, right. of course. You have, if you subscribe, stuff. though, you can sign in, right? Yeah, so if you are on any any plan where you're giving them money, right. no matter what it is, you, you, you'll get this... Uh, I believe you'll get this for, uh, on that's, any that's platform. That's what I did, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, if, so but if you don't do that, you're going to get dinged a little bit. You, it's like, well, you, you get the top news, that. and then you get the headlines for the other stuff, right. and it's it's not the complete experience. And I think a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, I wanted the whole thing. You know, Well, yeah, if you want the whole thing, you have to pay for it. I mean, that's how it works everywhere. Um, you know, If you want the New York Times app on the iPad, you have yep. to pay for it. That's yep. the way it works. Yep. Um, but if you are paying for it, and I... I, I there are pay for this content. The app is free. But the app is free. You pay for the account. Right, exactly. You just log into your account, and depending on the type of account you have, it will grant you the access. So I do have a subscription. We actually subscribe to the Sunday Times in paper form for some reason, and we get – I read the New York Times on the Kindle, and you know we get access to the all the electronic content. So the, that means the web. It means the, uh, the Adobe Air app they have. It means the iPad app, and it means the mobile apps, uh, including now Windows Phone. So – if you are a subscriber and you want to access it on the go, this is uh, obviously the right way to do it, and it's available now. Very good. Paul Therat is the editor-in-chief of the Supersite for Windows, winsupersite.com. You'll find him there and uh, also on Windows IT Pro. He's an analyst for Penton Media, the author of Windows Phone Secrets. Soon, Windows 8. Se- well, not soon. Next year. <laughs> it might be. Well, it might be sooner than you sooner think. Sooner than we think. Maybe uh, next year we'll get the Windows, phone, Windows 7, uh, 8 secrets. <laughs> If they keep using the word Windows. We don't know. Could be Zune 8 secrets. Wow. No. I wish I lived in a world where such a book would be viable, Leo. (laughs) And he's a hell of a nice guy. Thank you for joining us, Paul. Enjoy your your week in uh, Washington, D.C. Thank you. The nation's capital, the center of power for the free world. You can just feel it vibrating, can't you? (laughs) This is a beautiful city. It is. I really love D.C. It's unlike anywhere... Yeah, I, I don't know what to compare it to. It's European no, it in some ways, but it's got its own little vibe. You know? Right? No, it, it, it's European because of the layout, but also it's just cool. It's really, it's I love DC. Yeah, yeah. everything's free here too, which is cool. You can walk into with the best museums in the world, right. and they're all free. Well, it's free except you know we paid for it. 
you could be from another country and walk and it would be free. So yeah, those are the people who it's free for. I realize it's it does the magic is not generated out of thin air, but it's 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 neat. No, it is great. It's a wonderful uh, showcase, and I really uh, I, I envy you. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us, Paul. We'll see you next week. We do this show every Thursday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1800 UTC at live.twit.tv. Don't forget, though, you can catch the show uh, later, audio and video. And by the way, in two weeks, we'll start with our high-def video downloads at no additional charge. Oh, my goodness. Do I need a new camera for that? You need makeup, dude. Yikes. <laughs> no, you don't need anything. <laughs> I'll no, just put a bag over my head. But uh, and, I, and I'll fill you in on this later, Paul, but we will be not be using Skype anymore. We'll be using video. We have the new video cast, which I'm really excited, which will give you, believe it's it or not. It's the Microsoft thing, isn't it? That's what this is about. No, it's going to be a high def, <laughs> but with a high def camera like your Microsoft yeah. uh, live cam, mm-hmm. uh, you will be high def all of a sudden. Which is pretty exciting. We're very... Uh... Uh, you think it's exciting. <laughs> is that a blemish? What is that? <laughs> right. Are you Chewbacca? <laughs> you could have shaved for crying yeah. out loud. Uh, we invite you to uh, tune in that uh, special day, July 24th, our first broadcast from the new Twit Brick House. Twit. That Sunday will be our first show with uh, live in-studio John C. Dvorak, Kevin Rose, Patrick Norton, and Steve Gibson. If you could fly out, you could be there too, Paul. And it's not too late to buy a brick. We are, uh, we, we, but it's close to. We've got the Wall of Honor in the open in the door in the lobby there. As you go in, right to the left, people are going to have their bricks there with your name, 15, two, two lines of 15 characters. It could be your website, could be a, your Twitter handle. Uh, we also have logo bricks for sale for a slightly higher fee. So if you go to bricks.twit.tv, you can find out how to support the Brick Twit House or the Twit Brick House, depending on how you feel about profanity. <sighs> yes, I'm still selling the bricks. <laughs> if you knew, if you only knew. Really what you're buying are foundational pieces of a very important wall. If it weren't for that wall, the whole thing would fall down. And I mean that figuratively. Paul, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Thank you. On Windows Weekly. Thank you.